Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Not About Chris podcast slash blurb slash mashup of things that I want to discuss. Today we're recording episode 57 and we're going to be talking about a book that I read over the past four days. And the reason why I'm recording this is because I haven't read a book in forever. I think the last time I read a book willingly was in high school. But after that, like CJAPT, university, I didn't touch books uh, uh, other than academic books, like finance books, accounting books. It was books that I had to read out of duty just to pass my classes, but it wasn't fun. It wasn't books that I liked. It was just books. But I haven't read a book that I picked out on my own uh, since high school or even before that. I'm not even sure. It's been a while. Anyhow, so today I'm going to talk about this book that I just finished and The truth is, I didn't really seek out this book. This book kind of sought me. It was a recommendation by a girl uh, that I met in Chiapas back in September. Um, Her name is Ali. Shout out, Ali, if you're ever listening to this. Uh, She's a Colombian girl uh, that I met in Mexico. And super sweet person. Very nice. Uh, Met her via other friends. Well, met her essentially via a guy named Leo who basically operates this hostel called Trece Cielos in Chiapas uh, or in San Cristobal. If ever you go there, check him out. Great place. So that's how I met her. And uh, I would be lying if I said we talked a lot uh, since we parted ways uh, basically at the end of September. But she reached out to me. We, we She sent me a message like this week, uh, four days ago. And she's like, we were talking about something else, something that I posted a story maybe. And she's like, hey, have you read this book? And I'm like, no. And then she's like, well... I'm reading it now and I feel like maybe you'll, I think you'll enjoy it, you know, and uh, I feel like it can change people. So I'm like, you know what? I'm curious. Let me look into it. And basically I was also looking for a book like over the past few months. I'm like, I want to read something. I want I want this to be one of my projects. And I kind of never really went out of my way to, to do some research and find a book, but this this one was recommended to me out of the blue. So I, I saw it as a sign and I, I picked up the book or I bought it on on my phone, like on the app, book app. And uh, I, I just jumped into it, you know. And the, the name of the book, uh, without further ado, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I kind of took a huge detour here, is uh, It's a New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And it is the number one New York Times bestselling author of The Power of Now. So, so Eckhart Tolle wrote A Power of Now. And a super popular book. A lot of famous people spoke about that book. Well, um, I didn't read that book, but this is his other work, A New Earth, which is basically like another approach on on a power of now. Like he basically tries to do the same type of thing, but like differently. And that's that's what this book is all about. And the subtitle on this book says Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. And that admittedly is very catchy who doesn't want to know what his life purpose is i know i do so that's why i didn't really think three times i just bought the book and started reading it on my phone so um i'm just gonna give my impressions here i'm not gonna go too much in detail it's 320 pages i read it in four days i kind of like annihilated that book like i sat down every day read a bunch of fucking pages every day i went i i i I like smoked it and that that's the type of guy i am when i start something i like to like just go ham and and finish it so that's what i did with this book 320 pages in about four days and so my impressions without going too much into detail were pretty positive it started off interesting like i really enjoyed it at first 
I felt like it did have an impact on me in my brain. Uh, however, throughout the book, I felt like it was getting heavy, you know, and it, and it, and it is a heavy book, like chapeau bas, like the vocabulary is strong and it's heavy. And what happens during this, these 320 pages is that this author tries to explain a concept or two concepts or three concepts over and over and over again, like in a million ways. He's going to try to explain these two concepts a million different ways over 320 pages, and that's why it's heavy. And basically the stra strategy, I guess, is he's going to try to find one way in those thousands of ways that will come and find you, you know? One of those ways will will be the way that you will understand. And everybody's different, so that's why there's a thousand of them, just to be sure. So that's that. That's the, the, the approach. And the subject, now the topics, what he's trying to explain, ultimately, are two main things, okay? It's ego, E-G-O, ego, and consciousness, okay? And obviously, these topics are so deep and, in, and intense, I guess I could say, that he is able to attach many subtopics around those two concepts. And essentially what he's trying to do, the author here is, he's trying to explain to you that you as a person, as a being, capital B, is different than the ego that you possess, okay? And you, and you can basically separate yourself from your ego by being conscious and by being aware and I'm going to do a horrible job at explaining what he's trying to say over 320 pages. But basically what happens is that the ego is responsible for all the thoughts and all the emotions and, and pretty much everything you feel. That's the ego. And you're able to create space between that and yourself in order to, to, to be the observer and to be, to be more conscious and to be able to like live life and enjoy the now of life, you know, just to enjoy the moment without being a victim of all these interferences created and caused by the ego. So the book kind of portrays the ego as bad and it does it really well. And it, it tries to basically um, convince you to or, or give you tricks to be more present, more aware, more conscious. And it does so in, in, in a million ways, like I said, over 320 pages. So that's basically the, the main topic. And I'm doing a horrible job at explaining it. But I did find myself like, like just taking a step back sometimes or just stopping and thinking or and asking myself a few questions. Like, for example, let's say I, I feel a certain emotion. I'll be like, okay, why do I feel this way? And I'm trying to be more conscious of it. So, and it worked, you know, because I'm asking myself these questions, like, I feel like I'm more like aware of what's going on and I'm able to, to feel the present moment and to enjoy the present moment and live in the now, which is like, um, a leeway to the power of now his other bestseller book, right? His main bestseller book. Another thing I want to talk about is, uh, not only the, the different thousand ways he uses to explain those two concepts but the tools he uses to to explain those concepts i've noticed that he uses a lot of references whether religious or uh, lit literary or historical for example he's going to use a lot of uh, quotes from the bible he's going to quote jesus he's going to quote buddha he's going to quote like hindu philosophers 
he's gonna quote Shakespeare, he's gonna quote Winston uh, Winston Churchill, he's gonna basically use like a plethora of content to be to able to relate to what he's trying to explain. And he does it extremely well. But I've noticed particularly how often he's used biblical references and how often he references Jesus. And I am a little biased, I'm Christian, so I kind of enjoyed that. Um, so he, he really uses Jesus' words. He's like, Jesus said this in the Bible, and that's exactly what I'm trying to say when I explain ego and consciousness and being aware. So he does this a lot, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. What he does also extremely well is he tells little stories that I really enjoyed. I think those are the ones that I preferred the most. Small stories with a little bit of a moral that uh, basically encompasses or or summarize what he's trying to explain over these 320 pages. And I guess I'll, I'll go through a, a few quickly, very quickly, without getting too much into detail, three stories that I really enjoyed with each a little moral. And basically the first one is about this Zen master living in a small town in Japan. And a Zen master is basically someone who has achieved peace and self-consciousness. And uh, one day this neighbor's daughter tells the whole village that she's pregnant and she's going to have a baby uh, and the father is the Zen master. So everybody goes to the Zen master and they're in panic and they're like, how could you do this? You're the Zen master. You're not supposed to be fucking around. And he just says, uh, oh, is that so? And uh, people just, the the village is like, you're going to be taking care of this baby. So the baby like comes to life, is born and they give it to the Zen master. You're like, you're the father, you're going to take care of it. And he's like, is that so? Okay, I'll take it. And then one year later, the mom admits that he's not the father. It was the, actually the butcher's boy. And they all go back to the Zen master and they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. We we, we uh, blamed you. Um, please give us back the baby. We're sorry. And then he's like, oh, is that so? And he just gives back the baby after taking care of it super well for a whole year. So basically the moral of that story is like non-resistance, just what's happening is happening and just make the best out of it. So that's kind of a, a sub, subliminal message here. And the thing is, that's really hard to comprehend. Like any other person would be absolutely aggravated. Like, no, I'm not the father. Why is this bitch lying? You know, but this man is, a, this guy has achieved pure self-consciousness and, and peace. So like he, he'll, he won't resist and he won't fight it. And that's basically the moral. Um, so that's one story. The other story I enjoy as well is uh, about this guy who won the lotto. He won a he won a car, a nice red sports car, and everybody went to see him. And he's like, "Oh my God, you're so lucky! Like this never happens to anybody. Like we're so jealous." All he says is, "Oh, maybe." And one day he just drives that nice red sports car around, and some drunk guy comes and crashes into him and he ends up in the hospital. So the same people that went to see him and told him he was so lucky for winning goes to see him at the hospital and tell him, oh, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Like, this is awful. Like, we can't believe this is happening. We're sorry. The only thing he answers is, uh, maybe, you know, like, I don't know. Am I unlucky? Am I lucky? I don't know, maybe. And then, like, a few days later, there's a landslide in his town and his house gets absolutely destroyed, like collapses on itself. It's just like destroyed ground zero. 
And the same people who went to say sorry for what's happening to you came back to, to see him at the hospital. And they're like, oh my God, you're so lucky. Thank God you weren't at home. Thank God you were in, in the hospital because you would be dead right now if you were still at the hospital. And again, what is he going to say? He's going to say, oh, maybe. So the moral of this story is that he's not judging the situation. You know, he lets it happen and it could be good. It could be bad. He's, it's not for him to judge. That is life. And he's like at peace with what's going on. So in both cases, the non-resistance and the non-judgment, they were both able to create space between like what's happening and who they are and basically find peace in that, in those things. And the last story is the one I, I like the least. Um, it's about this woman, old woman. She's, she's slowly dying and she has a ring, a valuable ring that was passed on over generations, a valuable ring too, like a diamond ring, expensive and like she's getting old, she has cancer, she's dying. And, and one day she wakes up and she's lose, she lost that ring. She can't find it anymore. And she's, she goes crazy. You know, she goes mad. She's upset. She blames the, the girl who takes care of her of stealing it during her sleep or something. Like she's, she's losing her mind. So the guy who basically her therapist, I guess, sits down with her and asks her, well, actually, the therapist is the author of the book. So he sits down with her and he asks her, like, why are you so attached to this thing? Like, you're about to die. Like, is that what's important? Like, what is important? Like, it's time to reevaluate your life, you know? Is this material thing important or is it time to, like, find peace within yourself before, like, passing away? And And basically, he asks her very, like, real questions like, uh, are you your ring? Like, do you identify with your ring? Like, how does it make you feel like to lose this ring? And, and like, what, what is it like? Why is it so important to you? This piece of like metal and diamond, you know, it's, 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 it's so materialistic. It's nothing. It's worth nothing. Like theoretically, you know? So, uh, anyways, like I'm, I'm doing a horrible job at explaining it, but it, and at the end, she, she basically finds peace in, in these questions and she's able to like create space between the materialistic world which is like uh sought for by the ego and herself you know and ultimately before her death she ends up giving everything away and she finds peace and she's happy with that so where she was holding on to one thing and putting value into this into this material object she ended up giving everything away and and being happy and, and then passing passing away like super like at peace she found peace in the la latest hours of her life in the last hours of her life which uh, which is pretty much the moral so so non-judgment non-resistance and non-attachment you see uh these are like the sub themes that this author like pretty much touch upon in this book and with these three for example he says these three aspects are how you find enlightenment and true freedom. You become less when you let go of things, when you stop judging the situations that are happening, and when you just surrender to life and let it happen instead of like always overthinking and always fighting it. Like life is going to happen. Just just live, live it and stop resisting it kind of thing, you know? And... Adjacently to that last story, there was one more thing that I picked up uh, and I thought was incredible. I think that's my favorite part of the book. 
it's when that same old lady that lost the ring, she was sitting with her therapist, the author of the book, and she asked him, what is my purpose in life? And the author answered beautifully, and I don't, I think I'll never forget that part of the book. He looked at her and he just said, your purpose is being here in front of me, sitting down and talking to me. That is your purpose. And basically he goes on and explains that your purpose is, is the present moment. Like everything that you do, everything that you, that you say, everything that you think, that you feel is your purpose. Your purpose is the now. But obviously he, he goes a little bit further. He, he differentiates between outer and inner purpose. And, and what I'm talking about is the inner purpose, like the present moment. And then the outer purpose is like goals and objectives that you set yourself for, for life, for the future, for the past, whatever, you know? So, but, but he then goes on and, and tells us or explains that the outer purpose doesn't really matter at the end of the day. What, what matters is the inner purpose. It's, it's believing that where you are, what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're thinking is, is meant to be kind of thing. And that, that ties in perfectly with the non-resistance, um, little, uh, moral that we picked up in the first story, you know, like this is the life you're meant to live. This is the path you should be taking and embrace it. And like, it's yours, you know? So yeah, I, I definitely found beauty in, in all these stories and all these sub morals and in the ultimate lessons that this author is trying to teach through the, this book. So that's that. I, I recommend it only if you want to challenge yourself a little bit. I personally would probably summarize this book or, or watch a YouTube summary or read a summary of this book just to get an idea to see if you're going to like it. it. It's definitely worth seeking ways to, to be more conscious, but, um, going over those 320 pages was heavy and uh, at the end it became it felt like a chore but i wish it was like cut down in half or maybe a quarter and like only the the main points were there like i didn't need the thousand ways he used to explain i just needed a few ways but obviously he can't do that he needs to he needs to try and and find ways for everybody not just me so i'm a little bit uh, selfish and hypocritical by saying this but that's it so that's it i'm gonna cut it short I'm glad I read the book finally after so long and I'm looking for another one now. I And I want the next one to be in Spanish so I could challenge myself even further. But uh, definitely it's not, I'm, I'm not going to be looking for something that heavy. I'm going to be looking for a Spanish book that is very light that I could easily digest and learn the language as well. Um, so I'll be seeking that. Maybe I'll uh, record an episode on that one as well. So hope everybody's doing good. If you ever read that book, reach out, talk to me about it. See, tell me how it impacted you, how it made you think, if it made any changes in your life. If you're finding yourself being more aware, more conscious, asking yourself questions, which is what I'm doing now, I find, which is a, uh, which is something I'm, I'm pretty proud of. So I'll catch you on the next one. As usual, take it easy. Peace.